Well, congratulations. You've survived the weekend. Here we are, Monday morning, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Stefan Maier with you. The Early Bird Podcast Sessions at itssouls.com is the website and here in the studio. And it's Monday, and on Mondays, I share the sermon I preached on Sundays. So that's what's going to happen in this session, the title being The Son Equal with the Father. Was Jesus Christ equal with the great I Am, the Father, the Creator, right? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Are they one in the same? Deity, divine, always have been, is now, and will forevermore be. The Son equal with the Father. Well, a great many during the age in which Jesus walked this earth did not believe that he was equal with the Father. They saw that blasphemous language, blasphemous information, divisive, if you will. Well, let's see who's truly the proponent of division when we investigate the text. And we'll be in John chapter 5, and uh, the portion of Scripture we'll be looking at more uh, deeply is verses 18 through 24. Verses 18 through 24. Housekeeping stuff, please be sure to subscribe, to follow, like, share, comment, rumble, all that kind of good stuff. It helps this content move further. Perhaps there are souls out there just like you and I who have a sincere, honest, and humble approach to seeking the truth. You know, we just want to know what the Bible says, and we're disenfranchised by all these various locations that you can go to with their own created form of Christianity. We want to go back to the first century, you and I. We want to go back there in the first century and see what was going on. Kind of uh, plug into that context so that we can see what applies for us today. That kind of stuff. So we want to learn the life of Jesus Christ. And as we've been doing so throughout these, uh, these many weeks, months, and years... We, the family here, have been going through devotionals each day, you know. And uh, this is a section, a portion that we looked at, and I thought it would be worthy, if you will. Of course, always worthy, but I thought it would be beneficial spiritually to our lives to kind of look into this a bit deeper. John chapter 5, verses 18 through 24. It's kind of hard to find locations in the New Testament system where believers are not always being persecuted by their own kind, their own family, the Jews, brethren, brothers. And uh, we tend to want to think that every time there's an opposition to Jesus or John the Baptist or the prophets or the apostles or any faithful leader in the Bible, that somehow it was a heathen or a pagan or an unbeliever or someone outside the realm of the fold, when in fact most times it was directly in association with those within the fold. Brothers, brothers, and in principle, of course, we know that to be alive and active today as well for those among us, wolves in sheep's clothing. Well, Jesus and all these accounts, the Gospels and all the letters that came afterwards, is indeed a recorded witnessed account of these religious leaders. These religious leaders and their opposition. Not an honest opposition, mind you. An unrighteous 
opposition. And Jesus had to deal with these, these brothers time and time again. They were always seeking a way to, you know, uh, cause problems. And didn't, they didn't like Jesus. These individuals knew the law. They knew the law very well. So much so they could create law out of thin air, bind it, and find you guilty of it. Of course, that would not apply to them. They were perfect in their own eyes. They need not know physician. They know everything already. Self-righteous hypocrites. Hmm. Egotistical maniacs. Bullies. Well, here they are again in chapter 5 of John. Again, you can't escape this information. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's all over the place. Jesus is going about his business, his father's business, and he is fulfilling the ministry through the confirming miraculous powers. And uh, he is doing good. He is doing what is right. He's pure. He is perfect. He is compassionate. He is loving. He is forgiving. He holds authority and judgment. The man walking among us thousands of years ago could cast out demons, control the weather, make whole the lame, cure the sick, raise the dead, have insight within the inner thoughts of mankind, prophesy, and fulfill the prophets. Yet his own people, his own family, rejected him, believed the lies. They became loyalists to those who were deceptive, the manipulators. And sadly, they fell prey and were devoured by such kinds. And Jesus would publicly teach the crowds, be aware, you should be concerned. You should pay attention to these individuals. They will devour you. They put on an outward display of pious living, but inwardly, they're sneaky snakes, selfish ambition, and things of that nature. Chapter 5, Jesus, of course, doing what is good, performs a miraculous activity for the good of an individual there who was told to walk, who could not prior. And of course, the Jews were saying to the man who was cured by Jesus Christ, it is the Sabbath, and it is not permissible for you to carry your pallet. <laughs> Let's make that the problem, right? Let's make that the problem. Never mind the fact the man can now walk, and a good deed has been done. No, 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 who cares about that? We know the law. We are lawyers. We're scholars. We know the law very well. So much so we can create law out of thin air. Bind it and find you guilty. And just because a good deed has been done upon you and you can walk now, when before you could not, doesn't matter. You're guilty. You're guilty because it's the Sabbath. And it's not permissible for you to carry your pallet. Not supposed to do that work. That's a work. They know the law. They have their loyalist. They know how to quote the scriptures. They must be the ones who are right with God. This evil individual here who picks up the pallet. How dare he now be able to walk and do such a thing on the Sabbath? Stone him. Crucify him, right? Well... 
they, of course, continue in this pattern, and they do so throughout all the Gospels, and they do so against the Apostles and all the letters to come after the Gospel literature. And, of course, because of this, well, the Jews were persecuting Jesus. How dare he cure someone on the Sabbath? How dare he do things on the Sabbath, right? Verse 16 of chapter 5, of course, reveals this. Verse 10, chapter 5. Just read chapter 5. And, of course, Jesus answered them in their hostile hearts towards him. My father is working until now, I and I myself am working, verse 17. How dare he, right? Trying to say that he's equal with God, that he is God, that he is the Son of God. And that's the offense here. They thought Jesus was going to come in the form of a Sadducee or a Pharisee, a scribe, chief, priest, elders, lawyers. He thought this was, they thought this would be the, the coming kingdom, the coming regime, a physical sword, all of them part of this new kingdom, Pharisees, scribes, all of them, seeing which side he would take, hopefully theirs, build up a physical kingdom and just slay down the Romans. Yet this man comes and says he is the son of God, that he is equal with God. Who is this man? A Nazarene? Really? The son of a carpenter? That can't, this cannot be the Messiah we've been reading about. So for this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. They want to kill him. Yeah, let's kill the man who can raise the dead. Yeah, let's do that. Let's kill the man who can make whole the lame, cure the sick, control the weather. Yeah, that's the man we want to murder. That makes sense. It just goes to show how deep, how deep the uh, cavity within the heart of man can be. It's just... You're angry at it, but then you just become sad for them, like pitiful. It's so pitiful, these individuals, who are still among us today, by the way. We just don't call them Pharisees and Sadducees. They're not understood as that. Oh, but the Sanhedrin is well and alive. And the spirit of the Pharisaical mind and the diatrophic bully and all these are well and alive today. They cause the same problems against the innocent well, Jesus is having to deal with these individuals. A man who came to bring love, compassion, forgiveness. Instruction, obviously. Repentance. That's the call. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message from the very get-go, from the beginning of the ministry. You need to change. Well, why would they need to change? Their conscience is clear. They need no physician. They are scholars, educated men. They know the law. They know everything. We're not going to listen to any Jesus from Nazareth claiming to be the Son of God. Yes, I know. We've seen him raise the dead and make whole the lamb, control the weather. We've seen miraculous things, but that don't matter. No, not at all. He's, he's exposing us. We don't like that. We love our chief seats. We've taken preeminence here. We've exalted ourselves. That took a lot of manipulation, a lot of coercion, a lot of deception, bold-faced lies, a lot of wrongly handling the law 
to our selfish ambition and agenda. Took a lot of time to do that. And here comes this man to expose us for who we truly are. Now I'll crucify him. Get rid of him. He's doing things he's not supposed to. I assure you, <laughs> I assure you, many of these Jews were firm in their convictions. Jesus broke the law. This man who was cured broke the law. How dare he do something on the Sabbath? Broke the law. Firmly convinced. We're good with God. We have Abrahamic lineage. We're good with God. This is the, the Jesus is the guilty party, and this man who dared pick up his pallet is the guilty party. We know it. But people are starting to be wise with that, saying, well, that doesn't add up. So now they have to formulate some lies. Throw in some lies in there as well. Never mind their binding law that's never been bound. So for this reason, therefore, the Jews were asked seeking all the more to kill him. Why? Well, because he was... Because he not... Uh, the text here in verse 18. Because he not only was breaking the Sabbath in their eyes, in their mind, but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. That's what these individuals will do. Create a law out of thin air. They won't bind it on themselves, though. Oh, I've seen these kinds. I've seen these kinds. They exist out there. They exist out there. So, they take offense at this. And of course, Jesus, well, you know, he wants to keep the peace. You know, he's willing to submit himself to their ways and just goes to them for the sake of unity and peace and says, you know what, I'll submit to your leadership. You're right, I'm wrong. You know, I broke the law. I shouldn't have done that. So let's just reason together. And reasoning together means he just bows down to them and just says, yep, everything you've accused me of is true and I'm guilty. So let's keep the peace. I'll be under your control because that's what these individuals love. You know, they love control and money. So Jesus, you know, to keep the peace and just make sure there's no ripples in the water here. Let's just, you know, they're brethren, they're brothers, they're Jews. Why can't they just work it out? Why couldn't they just work it out? I mean, so Jesus is just going to work it out. Yeah, we're going to read that in verse 19. You'll see. Jesus is just going to be like, you Jews are right. All these, you know, the Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, lawyers, chief, priest, elders, all of them. Oh, you're all, all of you are right. I've been wrong. Forgive me. I'm under your control. You can puppeteer me as you please now. Bind your laws on me. I'm guilty. Let's keep the peace. I mean, they're brethren. They should work it out. No need for division here. Yeah, watch. We're going to read that in verse 19. Therefore, Jesus answered these individuals who are seeking to kill him, of course, because they're not... Jesus is not falling in line with their law. They know the law. They know the Bible. Jesus is not doing what the Bible says. Jesus is going to bow down and submit himself to their ways and keep the peace. Everything will be fine. So Jesus, therefore, answers and says to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless, unless it is something he sees the Father doing. Whoa, 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 whoa. what? Wait, what? No, 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 you're going the wrong direction, Jesus. No, no, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? You're going you're gonna to cause some problems. No, don't do that. What is he saying? He's, 
The reason they want to kill him, the reason they're offended, is because he done something on the Sabbath he shouldn't have. He must not know the Bible like they do. And because he's claiming to be equal with God the Father, the Son of God the Father. No, no, what is he doing? Now he's saying he is. Oh, oh, we got a problem. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. What Jesus is, what is Jesus doing? Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. He's his Father's Son. He's his Father's Son. Watch, I'll show you. I'll put it up on the screen here. See? See what we've been reading here? For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Who? Jesus. Because he not only was breaking the Sabbath. Oh, how dare he do what he done, huh? How dare he do what he done? That's not right. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Oh, well. Seeking to kill him, but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Well, Jesus is going against the Bible. Don't you know that? The scholars said so. Uh, you know, can't trust Jesus. Can't trust him. Jesus, he's portraying himself some kind of way outwardly, but inward, he's, he's a criminal. He's a liar. He's a blasphemer. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> and I mean, they know best. The Jews know best. They know the law. Oh, cleverly devise fables. How quickly our brethren are to believe such lies. So Jesus is saying to them, verse 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. Like Father, like Son. For whatever the Father does, the things the Son also does in like manner. I shared a picture of my father, <clears throat> my dad, for Father's Day, because I love him. And uh, it's amazing. Most of the comments received from the picture I shared publicly to my friends on social media, they're like, you look just like him. <laughs> like father, like son. Look just like him. Well, he's taught me a great many things. He's taught me the fire and passion of evangelism. <clears throat> to be humble and always willing to learn, to always check things out and never just take for granted the words coming from the pulpit. You check it out. You look in the scriptures. That's why I've always made it my purpose. And many of you have been following me for 10 years now. You know I've always said that. Check me out. I could be wrong. If I tell you whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, whoever does not believe shall be damned. Well, you go ahead and you look that up. You read that scripture. You try to find that scripture. You look it up for yourself and say, okay, what Stefan said is right. I see it in the Bible there. How would you feel if you were to raise an opposition and say, well, I don't think the verse says that. And I tell you, shut your mouth, sit down, be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm educated. I know it all. You know nothing. You just trust what I say and be quiet. Do what I tell you. Well, that's what these Jews were trying to do. Jesus was not going to fall in line. But many of their loyalists, deceived into their ways, would say, well, tisk, tisk, tisk on Jesus. Here he is, just drilling it in, causing more problems. Like father, like son. Speaks like him, walks like him, acts like him, looks like him. 
Why do you think Jesus said, there's no way to the Father but through me? Like Father, like Son. So he's going completely all in regarding the offense of the Jews and the reason to want to murder him. Why aren't they murdering him now? I mean, they want to murder him because he claims to be equal with God the Father. He's, he's fully embracing that. I am the Son of God. He is my Father. He and I are one. Why aren't they murdering him? Well, in Luke chapter 23, because Jesus has that power. Luke chapter 23 or Luke chapter 22, which one is it now? Let me check. Luke, Luke chapter 22, verses uh, 53. While I was with you daily in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. It was not my time, right? But this hour and the power of darkness are yours. Speaking about, of course, the last hours before he was crucified. The power of darkness was given that ability at that hour. It was allowed so through the providential power of the great I am and the redemptive scheme of things, the fulfillment of the prophets. But at this moment here in John chapter 5, these individuals, these Jews that seek to murder him, and it's not the first time, it was not yet time for darkness to have its hour. And Jesus is teaching, and Jesus is courageous, telling them, I am the Son of God. He and I are one. And there is no way to the Father but through me, right? The Father does. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. Obedient to the Father. Submissive to the Father. While experiencing humankind among humans. In human flesh. A human. Fully human. Fully human and God. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all the things that he himself is doing. You see, the Father is working through the Son. My Father works through me, through my Father allowing the gospel in the household, teaching me the gospel, teaching me the uh, principles of Christian living. I, in turn, will, as a father, show that to my children, and so on and so forth. My father, praying that I be a stronger and more faithful Christian than he. I, as a father, wanting my children to be stronger and better Christians than me. So on and so forth grows the lineage, the ancestral tree of Christian faith in our family. We learned that from Jesus. Now, we are not perfect. We have behavioral delinquencies we repent of and seek to grow better in our faith in God and to become better Christians and, and, and to better our behavioral uh, conduct. These religious leaders, these kinds of the day, which uh, their spirit is well and alive today in the church uh, 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 with a great many, they, they don't see no problems with their behavioral delinquencies. They're perfect. Their conscience is clear. They're convinced and convicted that they're on the way to heaven. They're good to go when truly they are not. And such will have, oof, man, it's scary. It's fearful to think of these individuals, how strongly the gnashing of teeth will be. Well, Jesus is saying, 
For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. Through the Father, the Son is working. The Father is working through the Son. And the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. You take offense at a man being healed and being able to pick up his own pallet on the Sabbath? You think that's a problem for you? Wait till you see the other things coming. I'm going to die. I'm going to willfully allow the hour of darkness to take my life. And the Father will raise me from the dead. God will raise me from the dead. Oh, there's some, there's some powerful moments coming between the Father and the Son, who are one. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life. Look at that. What is the message that these Jews have? Murder. Death. That's what they have. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. This is the message the Jews had. Death. What is the message Jesus has? Life. Now, you see the difference there? Jesus came to bring life. He and the Father are one. He is submissive to his Father while walking among us in flesh, experiencing humankind. And his father was working through him. The good that his father is doing is being done through his son. And we can see the father through the son. Okay. Are you with me? Now do you understand why Jesus spoke to these Jews, his own brethren? To you and I today, members of the church, Christians, saints. Long fallen, drifted off far off, fallen from grace, mind you, but they are brethren. They were immersed into the covenant and they chose to do these things. Some of them, oh, some of them crept in secretly though. They just went down into that water for selfish ambitions. You and I, out of a good heart, chose to believe that they were saved. Oh, but some of them were not saved. Some of them were not looking for salvation. Some of them were looking for a way in. Whether it be greed control, preeminence, whatever. People have been using Christianity for their own selfish desires for a long time. Now do you know why Jesus would look at these religious leaders, his own brethren, and say, you are of your father? Well, who was their father? They thought their father was Abraham. They thought their father was God. But who did Jesus say their father was? The devil who was a murderer and a liar from the beginning. A murderer and a liar from the beginning. And pew dwellers, those who are vulnerable, widows, single ladies, those who are not well-versed, those who are vulnerable, those who are easily persuaded by cleverly devised fables, they fall in line and are devoured by the lies. We pray they have a moment of clarity we pray they wise up and see that things aren't adding up with these quote-unquote educated kinds. Nothing wrong with education. I encourage it. But some utilize that for their own agenda, which is unrighteous. Now you know why Jesus would say of them, you are of your father. You look like 
him, you speak like him, your own behavior is just like him. He was a murderer and a liar from the beginning. They lie and they are murderers. They want to murder Jesus, an innocent man. They lie about him. They call him a thief. They call him a liar. They call him all sorts of things that they themselves are guilty of. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life. See, Jesus has a message of life and they have a message of death. They're offended that a man can finally walk and obeys Jesus to pick up the pallet. How dare he? He broke the law. Jesus is breaking the law. How dare he heal a man on the Sabbath? Foolish-minded individuals. Oh, they're among us today. They'll secretly creep in as wolves, I assure you. Wolves in sheep's clothing. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. Not only is Jesus equal with the Father, deity, divine, he is love. He is love and he produces works. Are we not to learn from our master? Is he not our example? Of course he is. And in verse 21, what else is he revealing? Power. Power. Jesus is equal Jesus is love. Jesus is power. Everything they want to murder him for. Oh, tisk, tisk, tisk on Jesus. He's not getting along with them. Why is he not keeping the peace? They're his brethren. They know the Bible. He should just admit that he's wrong. He should just admit that he's done wrong. He's broken the law. That he is guilty of everything they accuse him of. And everything will be fine. Sure. For not even the Father judges anyone, verse 22, but he has given all judgment to the Son. Uh-oh. Now he's making himself out to be the judge. Hmm. Not only is he equal, not only is he love, not only does he work, not only does he raise the dead, which is power, now he has judgment. He has the power and authority to judge your soul to heaven or hell. Oh, they don't like that. They're the ones who held those keys. The Jews, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these, they're the ones that hold the keys. How dare Jesus say that now he has the keys? So that all will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Uh-oh. Oh, now, we're, now he's just purposely being offending, being, being offensive. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, he's... He, these Jews, verse 18... Seeking all the more to kill Jesus? I mean, they love God. They have Abrahamic lineage. They honor God. They know the Bible. How dare Jesus say such a thing? He who does not honor the Son. He's telling him, if you don't, if you don't honor me, then you don't honor the Father. Oh, man. Murder him right away. Let's crucify him. How dare he? Oh, yeah. 
They're firmly convinced. They're so convicted it would make you question your sanity. How they believe their own lies. It's amazing, really. So that all will honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. And consequently, consequently, um, that kind of rebukes a great many religions today, such as, you know, Islam and the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witnesses, and other religious affiliations that say that Jesus is, yeah, he was a good man, you know. He was either, he, he may be a prophet, he may be an angel, he was a created being, but he's not God, he's not equal with God. How can these individuals even say he was a good man? If he's not the son of God, if he is not the individual whom he claims to be, then he's a, I mean, he's a lunatic. Jesus said, you cannot make it to the Father, but through me. That he is the way and there is no other name. Acts 4.12 He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Oh, man. Very offensive. Truly, truly, he says, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Again, the message of the Christ is life. See that? Verse 21 gives them life. See that? Verse 24, eternal life. What's the message that the Jews have here? Kill, murder, death. Oh, but they, they, but they know the Bible. They're scholars. They're lawyers. They know the they know the law. They must be the they they must be right. They must be telling the truth, and Jesus must be the liar. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word, and believes him who sent me, has eternal life, and does not come into judgment but has passed out of death into life. It don't matter what Jesus is going to tell these individuals. And he loved them, by the way. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, right? How Jesus wanted to have them under his wing, take care of them, love them, forgive them, guide them, instruct them. Jesus loved them. They're his family, his brothers, his sisters, his mothers, his father. Man, what's going on? Well, they chose to reject him. In Luke chapter, again, 22 or 23, let me check here. 22. While he was before the Sanhedrin. Oh, there, the Sanhedrin, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're just going to walk into the Sanhedrin and expect a fair trial. No, there's not a fair trial. No, of course, the Sanhedrin would have said, oh, if Jesus is so is so uh, uh, um, convinced of who he is and what he is saying, then he should just come to the Sanhedrin and reason with us. But he doesn't want to because he's the guilty party. That's why he doesn't come here to the Sanhedrin, because he's, he's guilty, you see. If he wasn't guilty and if he was truly convinced of what he is saying, he'd come to the Sanhedrin. He'd tell us, he'd speak to us, he'd reason with us. Right? No, it's an ambush. He'd walk into an ambush. You think you're going to have a fair trial? Once the devil has been manipulating and lying to the membership? For months and months and months? No, it's like walking into the Sanhedrin. And Jesus didn't do that until he allowed the hour of darkness to take place. 
in chapter 22 of Luke, verse 53. Now we're looking at verses 66 and following before the Sanhedrin. If you are the Christ, tell us, right? Barking their orders, these bullies. But he said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. You just won't, it, don't, it won't matter what I say. It won't matter what kind of evidence I have, I provide. It will not matter. I could raise the dead in front of you. You will not believe it. If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask a question, you will not answer. If I question you why you did this or why you did that, you're not going to answer me. And we know that. Those of us who have gone through these similar, these similar uh, 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 corrupt trials and Sanhedrins and witnesses, we know that. It doesn't matter what you ask. It doesn't matter what you say. You, can, you could expose them in front of anyone. They'd be like, no, crucify him. We're not going to tell you anything. If I am guilty of the things you say, tell me when I've done those things. So we're not going to tell you. You just need to accept you're guilty. Really? Really? So here's Jesus before the Sanhedrin, because again, the hour of darkness has been allowed. And what does, he, what does he say? If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask a question, you will not answer. But what does he do in verse 69? From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. It don't matter what I say, you won't believe me. It don't matter what I do, you won't believe me. It don't matter which questions I, questions I ask, you won't answer them. So I'm about my father's business and I'm going to continue with the gospel. Well, it's the same for us today. Those of us unjustly accused with baseless lies and all kinds of things like that. You know these kind of brethren. They want us to go to the location where they've corrupted the local congregation for a fair hearing, a fair trial. They're the Sanhedrin. It won't matter what you say. It won't matter what kind of evidence you have to show. You're guilty in their eyes. You're guilty. So over here, back now in John chapter 5, Jesus is about his business. He's not going to reason with them. They aren't reasonable people. It's not yet time. But the truth will be revealed, and the lies will be exposed. And all this came, of course, when Jesus rose from the dead. Well, those of us who have been unjustly treated, there's a day coming. There's no, let us not waste our God-given time to which we are commanded to be good stewards of with the Sanhedrin, with these brethren among us who have the same spirit as these religious leaders of the day. It won't matter. We just have to follow the instructions of our Lord and Master and keep with the work. So here's Jesus speaking to them. They want to murder him. Jesus drills it in. I am equal with the Father. The Father and I are one. I am love. I have power. I have judgment. I have works. And whoever hears my word and believes has eternal life. That's all there is to it. And the individual who has eternal life does not come into judgment but passes out of death into life. The only thing these Jewish leaders had to offer was death. And everyone who followed them, everyone who was devoured by their cleverly devised fables and all the hypocrisy they have, 
were lost along in death with them. And yet still today the same applies. But some of us have integrity. And the devil will try to pervert that. The devil's going to try to pervert the minds of individuals. Going to try to diminish you. Don't let them get to you. You stick with the work. We don't need to have judgment. We have life. Death belongs to those among us who choose to be wicked. Oh, and they'll have a great delusion in their minds. They'll believe it too. They want it. God will allow it. They want to believe a lie. They're going to believe a lie. And they'll be firmly convinced in their lie. They will. It's just like our lesson past weeks with the, with, with the Sadducees who are confronting Jesus. Who are secretly going in there as spies to find reason to, to accuse him of something. Same thing. Same thing going on over there. We have hope. We have eternal life. We can follow the words of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. That's the hope we have. And it's a good hope. It's a faithful hope. Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He is love, forgiveness, and mercy. He is all the wonderful, beautiful things that we need as mankind, humankind. He and the Father are one. And now he is on the right hand of the Father, and he has all authority. Jesus is crowned king, king of his kingdom. And we are to be legal citizens of his kingdom. But I assure you on the day of judgment, those who are in there, aren't supposed to be in there, are going to be thrown out. They're going to be thrown out. You and I, we have much to look forward to. And we need to count our blessings. We need to count our blessings. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is who He said He was, and you believe the inspired, witnessed, recorded accounts of His life, His ministry, then you know you can have forgiveness of sins through His power, His authority. And He spoke how one receives that forgiveness. There's no way to the Father but through the Son. So if you are not in the Son, you will never see the Father. We don't want to be found outside. We want to be inside. Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Whoever does not believe shall be damned. Now that was a direct commission given to the apostles during the age of the miraculous. That's why the verses that follow Mark 16, 16, of are, are of a miraculous nature. That don't apply to us today. But what does apply is gospel obedience. And we saw that take place in Acts chapter 2. When the doors of the kingdom were opened and the keys were proclaimed, the qualifications and all who qualified to become children of God, to become Christians, to be born again, were indeed born again. Those who warmly received the words, repented of their sins, and were immersed, plunged, dipped, submerged, clothed, 
fully buried in water, calling on the name of the Lord. Born again out of water and the Spirit, added to the church Jesus built. The church he built there in Jerusalem during the reign of the Roman Empire. And it came with great outpouring power from the Holy Spirit poured upon the twelve apostles, the Comforter, the Helper. All this is context. All this is rightly handled. Fulfilling the prophets. For this kingdom was birthed from the mind of God, prophesied by the prophets, promised by the Christ, purchased by his blood, and must be practiced by our faith. Jesus is equal. He is love. He has power. He has works, judgment, and all who believe in him need not die, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right? That's true. And Jesus told us at what moment that takes place. When we are immersed into Christ. If you'd like to know more about that, you can reach out to me at itsouls at gmail.com. If you'd like material, articles, sermons, studies, books, reach out to me at itsouls at gmail.com. We have hope in Christ, my friends. We will persevere. And through deep moments of sorrow and persecution and betrayal and treachery and all the wickedness that, sadly, the world and our own brethren throw our way, all their divisive ways, there is hope. We remain focused, just like Jesus before the Sanhedrin in Luke chapter 22. Well, there's nothing I can do or say or ask you. It's useless. You people's hearts are rebellious and are hardened. So I'm just going to keep doing the work. So here we are. We're going to keep doing the work. That's all there is to it. Well, my dear friends, you are loved. You have purpose. Thank you so much for listening in on this session. Monday, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. We go live from Monday to Friday. We do have an itinerary. I'm going to start showing that in the show notes, of course. But please listen. We do need your support. For those of you who are faithful Christians in Christ and you are seeking a good work, it don't matter the amount. There's no amount too small. There's no amount too big. Please sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to sign up there, but you can choose to support monthly and you'll have yourself exclusive content and interaction. You can post, you can like, you can comment, all this stuff. It's a freedom platform. There's no censorship there. We can be who we truly are and speak about our experience as Christians walking this earth. Please consider doing that. There is also donation through the PayPal method, my email address being addedsouls at gmail.com. And you can also send me an email if you seek a hard address to mail something. Okay, is that good? This is solely for those of you who are faithful in Christ and understand this language. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Lord willing, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., again, we will go uh, and have our, uh, what is it now on Tuesdays? Yeah, analyzing the lyric. See, on Mondays, we share the sermon I preached on Sunday. On Tuesdays, we take a song from the secular world and have a conversation about that. On Wednesdays, we have ourselves a Bible study. We've been going through the book of Genesis. On Thursdays, we have topical trips, discussion on specific topics. And on Fridays, we have ourselves sociopolitical conversations. Basically, conversations about political affairs and current events. If you think that's something you like, again, please consider subscribing, following, like, share, comment, rumble, all that kind of good stuff. Is that all right? 
All right. Till tomorrow morning, Lord willing. God bless.